the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if you're just listening for the first time, make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you can't listen to the show in its entirety, you can also email it to people. And I really appreciate all the reviews that you're giving. And I hope last week was helpful because we really talked about this whole idea of God doing big things and let it be done in us as God says. And that's what we really want. And for Christmas, it was really understanding the gifts that God is giving us. And he has given us another year. As far as we know, we get another year. So this is, wow, 2021. Who would have ever thought we would be into those numbers? It's it's fabulous. So as we really think about this, I want you to remind yourself of John 10, 10. And we talked a little bit about this in the last show. And that's the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the miraculous birth of Christ is what he's wanting us to recognize that he can do within us. I mean, that, that's a huge thing. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it. It doesn't have to be the same as what he did with Mary, obviously. But what he's going to do for you and the people you love, for your world, for our world, for me, for my family, is going to be unique for each and every one of us. Because this is where that idea of I either trust God or I don't comes in. That he knows the best way to use the gifts and talents that we have. He knows the perfect time to do it. 
He's the one that breathed life into us and continues to keep it going until whatever that day is that our life down here is over. So he's wanting us to understand that if he can conceive a child in a 13-year-old girl that is really him coming to earth, I mean, this is, this is like, it's unbelievable. To think that if he can do that in her, why can't he do that in you? So as we think about this new year, you know, let's really take advantage of it and see how we can really make this the best year. Let's see if we can have it better than last year. Now, maybe last year was great for you. Maybe it was a disaster, right? But God keeps starting us over every single day. And I had this insight that was remarkable to me that is kind of, it's almost haunting in some ways. But God was talking to me about this whole issue of time and that we are, you know, we're locked in time. And that when Adam and Eve sinned, that's when the clock started. That's when he set us in time. And that was so that, you know, we wouldn't continue to be evil for, for eternity. And, and then he had to also lessen the lifespan of man. Because, you know, in the Old Testament, they were living to 800 years old. Could you imagine? I can't even, I don't even want to live that old. And so God even shortened our lifespan in order to make sure that if we're committed and wanting to do his will and wanting to be with him, that we don't stay down here too long to mess it up. I mean, that's kind. And so when I thought about this whole idea of time, I thought time is the thing that also ushered in death. That, and I never thought about it like that. That death is what time is. So we have one second. We have 60 of those seconds. We get a minute. We have 60 of those. We get an hour. Flows into a day. Flows into a night and day. Flows into a year, a decade, right? And so when you think about that, I thought, you know, this is time. Time shows up for me. Time has shown up for you. What are you doing with the time? So we have this new year to walk into, and we have to walk it out. And so every minute that you experience has shown up for you, and it was very kind of um, inspiring, but kind of overwhelming. When, when God helped me understand that, you know, every minute you have is for you. It's, it's honoring you. It's showing up for you. And as soon as that minute is over, it doesn't come back. That's it. It gets that life. That's its life. And then it's over. So when you look back in the past, we know it's not alive anymore. We can't go back there. It's dead. So every day lives for you. That 24 hours of time shows up for you, has shown up for me every single day of my life. How did I treat that 24 hours? Did I honor that 24 hours in the way I lived my life? And see, this was a whole different way for me to think about how I'm going to walk into this new year. Am I going to honor what God has done, that he has given me the gift of time? Now, I will be honest with you, the whole reason 
that I can say the, the gift of time is because I never thought of it as a gift. I fought time very hard. I fought, really fought hard when it came to time. I was frustrated with time. I didn't like being locked in it. And I didn't have the insight and the maturity and the awareness to understand that this is one of God's greatest gifts for us, to give us time. See, if I didn't have time, then he would have to judge me based on what I had done. And by the time I got out of my mother's womb and was alive for any, I'm sure I already sinned. So God said, I better give her time and lock her in it so that she has time to undo and redo, like we talked about in last week's show. So God gives us time. And, and I have a tendency to do, go very fast in my mind. And so I'm already into, you know, next Sunday. And I'm, sometimes if I'm not careful, I'm not living the one that I'm in. I'm not taking advantage of the day that actually showed up for me. I'm living in the day I'm dreaming of a week later. And this is imperative when we really learn pacing and that we're on a journey and that God is wanting us to pace ourselves. We don't know how long the journey will be for each and every one of us. So the worst thing that could happen, right, is that I become so compromised, I can't function for the next 10 years of my journey, even though I have to walk it out every day in some manner or form. So we have to be really cognizant of this, this whole idea of time and how we measure time. And if, you know, depending on what age you are, one of the things that is so fascinating is that my undergraduate degree is in fashion. And so we used to, you could measure time and identify time by fashions. And so we also had time was done in thousands of years. Then it moved to 100 years. Then we had decades and now in this, you know, year of, you know, 20, 20, zero, two, sorry, 2001 to whatever, we are now not even measuring necessarily in days. And so we had fashions. I could say, well, that was the 80s. That was the 70s. That's what the 60s looked like. Well, that was the 1800s. That's how they dressed in the 1200s, right? And, and we could mark it that way. And we are now so, going so quickly that we don't even measure in decades anymore. Nobody celebrated 2010. Nobody, 2009, 2008, all of these. We just kind of, they just kind of kept going. And so we did kind of celebrate the new year at some point, but it's never been as big in these last couple of years as it used to be. It's passing. So I want you to think about being ready, being set up, being intentional about this new year. I know that was kind of esoteric. So, you know, if you're like my husband who goes, Cynthia, I, don't, I really don't like analogies. You know, he goes, I, I sort of get it, but I'm not sure where you're going with it. Just, just ignore it. Okay. But if you like those and they work, then I really want you to incorporate it into your thinking. So what kind of year are you going to have? How are you going to set your mind? How are you going to have intentions? Are you going to put those intentions into practice? So, you see, the best year for us doesn't necessarily mean our best. Because, you know, we're fallen people. But we want God's best for our life. We want him 
to do his good work that he started in us so that we can honor him, that we can have this year be as close to what he envisioned as possible. So we begin, right, by making sure that we position our hearts, our minds, that we have a foundational focus and an outlook that we are open and desiring God's will, that God's will be done, not my will. And this means I have to daily position my mind, my heart, my soul, my body, my spirit to be open, seeking, and wanting God's will. Now, this is difficult. But we've talked a lot about a ripple effect and that kind of phenomenon. So if I do this intentional positioning of myself in all areas of my life, the great majority of the battle is going to be won as to whether or not that from the moment to moment or daily experience of my life is one of meaning and purpose. You know, maybe not. But the overall journey, I'm going to be successful at the end of my, of my life and that day. So let's take this seriously. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about intentionality and how I can make sure that I'm working toward the best year ever. Welcome back. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt. I am Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you have some excitement and hope for this new year. If you don't, then maybe this can help reposition it a little bit, reposition your focus, and get you set for this new year, 2021. That's, that's, a, big, that's a big year. Who would have thought we would have made it this far? So we were talking about this idea of intentionality and that if we want it to be the best year ever, the best year doesn't necessarily mean my best. It means that I'm closest or closer to the actual year that God has planned, that he has laid out in time for me to walk out. So it's waiting for me. This 2021 was waiting for me when I was 16. I didn't know that, obviously, and here I am. And so that year is waiting for me, showed up for me. I need to show up for that year. So I'm wanting you to show up. I don't want you to just be passive in your life and just let things happen to you and then decide whether or not you liked it or not. I want you to show up in your own life. Take advantage of the time that God has given to you and honor the time. The time is showing up for you. It's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm laying in bed. The sun comes up. I go, okay, the day has shown up for me. Am I going to show up for that day? Am I going to honor the day and all the people that are in it, all the tasks I have, whatever God has chosen for that day? Am I going to honor that day by fully being present in that day. So this means I have to daily position my mind, my heart, my soul, my body, my spirit to be open, to be seeking God's will. Now, this is difficult, but this is that ripple effect. So if I do this intentional positioning of myself in all areas of my life, a great majority of the battle is won. 
And so the biggest battle is the battle of the wills, right? And, and I'm a very strong-willed person. And God has had to work with me on that and make sure that that gift that God gave me as to a strong will is used appropriately. And so it doesn't harm me or harm others. So will I accept and go with God? Or will I resist, hold on to my way, and simply struggle? See, not knowing God's will, that, that's going to be a whole other show because that, that's, that's always difficult for all of us. Unless you use that little saying I gave to you in the beginning, I either trust God or I don't. So when I am doubting God's will, I, either, I say to myself, am I going to do the evaluating of the future and think I know the future? Or am I going to simply trust God? That if I'm still here, he's doing something. So this is what I want. If you don't get anything else from this show other than these two statements... Your, your year is going to go better. And that is my will or God's will. My way or God's way. And, and when I, I, I walk every morning, and I am constantly saying to God, your will be done. Not my will, but your will. Because his will has always been the best in my life, even if it didn't feel that way while it was happening. So I say, is it going to be my will or God's will? Am I going to concede? Am I going to stand down? Am I going to relax and say, okay, God, I trust you. The most honoring thing you can say to somebody is that you trust them. God loves to hear that we trust him. And we trust him not because we have all the information, not because we have complete understanding of what he is doing, but we trust his personhood. We trust who he says he is. Now, we do this with humans all the time. I have people that, that you know, go to a nightclub. They, you know, get to know somebody for an hour or two. They go home, and they actually trust this person enough to have sex with them. And I think, okay, so you, you trusted this person. Now, I'm not judging that. I'm just simply saying it's a fascinating concept to think that you don't know anything about this person that you just met, but you had such a great experience with them that you're willing to do something that precious with this person. So if I can extend, you know, trust to someone I don't really even know, or I continue to trust someone that is continually letting me down, it almost becomes even more insulting if I won't trust God. So this is where, going into this year, I cannot, I can't be more emphatic about the need to say, I either trust God or I don't. There is no in-between. And I either say, okay, God, it's going to be a test of wills. So it's either my will or your will. And honestly, I've done my will before. I, don't, I, I mean, the reason I'm writing about this and I, and I really speak on this is because it's so powerful in my own life and I've seen it play itself out in my patient's life that when I really am able to do God's will and not mine, when I'm willing to trust him, it's amazing how much less pain I have. 
So it's either God's way or my way. See, and, and I had presented ideas to God many times, and I thought it was a really good idea. I actually thought it came from him. And he said, no, that's not the way I'm going to do it. That's not my way. And I've even argued with God about it. I've presented it to him several times. I've even tried to make it happen myself. <laughs> so if you've ever done that, you know it's usually not having a very positive outcome. So I position myself intentionally. I have a position of intention. So this is Philippians 1.6, and it says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the day Christ Jesus appears. Okay? That's God's intention for you, that he will complete the good work in you that he has started. In spite of all the detours you take, all the arguments you have with him, every time you ignore him, right? Every time you go forward anyways, he still has positioned his intention of goodness, grace, and mercy on you. That is his intention. And so I need to position myself with the intention of trusting God and doing it his way and not my way. Doing his will not my will. And, and it's tough. I'm sure that you, you know what I'm talking about. So I want you to know that every human has struggled with this. We have countless stories in the Old Testament, countless stories in the New Testament of how God had to work through people that were stubborn, afraid, greedy, dishonest, right, to do his will. Who else is he going to pick from? And I'm sure that's, you know, we know that's part of why he sent Jesus. This is imperative that we understand that we can trust God, that our intention is to, sur to surrender to God's work and believe he will complete it. It's his way. And let's desire his way. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And again, I so appreciate the reviews that you put on the podcast servers when you listen to the show. It really helps us out, and I appreciate so much you doing that. It helps me as I am, you know, thinking of new shows to do and, and directions to go in as to what works for you, what you need, and I always welcome that. You can always email me at CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of me through social media as to, you know, if you want me to talk about something specifically, I would love to be able to do that for you. So we are talking about this new year, and we just got done talking about the position of intention, that we are taking a position of intentionality, that we are wanting to do it God's way. We are wanting to do God's will. So we're also going to talk about bringing the year to a close, keeping it closed, so when I spoke in the first segment about that minute or that 24-hour day shows up for you, and then it's dead. It only has one life. And when it's over, it's over. So we need to make sure 
that we bring last year to a close, for real. It doesn't mean that we don't learn from it. It doesn't mean that we don't visit wonderful memories. But we don't do the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then, in this new year, and waste our time lamenting last year. And what should have been done, could have been done, would have been done, and what, whatever grief and loss we are having over that last year. We want to make sure we go into this year intentionally. So we bring last year to a close. We keep it closed. Doesn't mean we don't learn from it. It's fine to have memories. But we don't want to go back and relive any types of successes or failures that we've had. We can only go back to last year or years prior in order to learn. That's why God gives us history to learn. He doesn't give us history to live in. He gives it to us to learn so that we don't need to repeat what doesn't work. So this helps us bring and create, as we bring that year to a close, it helps us create new beginnings for ourselves. So I recognize that every day is a new day. Now there may be some bleed over, depending on how complicated, maybe a mistake or a success I had yesterday or last year, whatever that is. I may have to manage it in this current year. But this helps me create new beginnings when I say, last year is over. I need to do the grief and loss process, whatever that is, so that I can let the past be the past. And so then I manage my internal and my external world. And those are very different processes. So how I deal with me internally and how I deal with what's coming at me externally how my internal world may affect the external world and how the external world may affect me internally. So we're going to talk about that as well. And then the end of all of that is practice living in love. Because love really is the key. It really is all about love. So we're going to be doing that this week and and the next week as well. So remind yourselves... You can always go to the website, listen to the show, and there will be a study guide that is available for you. So when we are learning all these different things, we're saying to ourselves, okay, we're setting ourselves up intentionally. We're having a position of intention, right? And I love that verse in Philippians 1.6 that talks about he who began a good work will complete it. And how about Proverbs 14.12? This is what we're going to talk more about in the next segment. There's a way of life that looks harmless enough. But look again. It leads straight to hell. Sure, those people appear to be having a good time. But all that laughter will end in heartbreak. So we are going to look at, if we have a new year, are we going to do things in a new way? How are we going to do that? How are we going to make sure that I'm not rationalizing myself out of being intentional? That I'm not rationalizing myself because of the past? These are really important concepts that build a very strong foundation. And if you've listened to the show I've done on building your house on the rock, that's a lot of what this is about. This year has shown up for me and for you. We want to make sure we have a good foundation that this year is going to sit on. 
and that we're not just throwing it together and hoping that it stands. So Isaiah 55, 8 says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom. This is the intentionality. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about this new year and the best year ever. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So happy new year to you. And I hope that this, these last two shows, the one that we did last week for Christmas and then the one that we're doing today, and we're going to finish it up next week, will kind of help to set the foundation of having really the best year ever. And that it would be something that was different than last year. And that we wouldn't be just continuing to do the same things over and over again, expecting a different result, right? So we talked first about this idea of a position of intention. And, and that's Philippians 1.6 says, There's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. So this is what this, is what this, the, this author is saying, that this, there's never been a slightest doubt that God who started the great work in you will complete it. He will complete it regardless of how, how much we are struggling with it. We can trust him. And that's where I gave you that saying I want you to memorize. You, I either trust him or I don't. Because when I tell myself to trust him and I commit to that as a relational position, it helps me to walk his will out much better. Because my will, you know, I have a lot of great ideas, but they a lot of times have not turned out well for me. And God still graciously says, are you ready to do my will now? Because I still have it. Let's move forward with it. So that gives us this verse in Proverbs fourteen twelve that says, there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again, it leads straight to hell. So sure, those people appear to be having a good time. But all that laughter will end in heartbreak. This is what God wants to protect us from, is where our will, our way, usually takes us. I, I really know this very well in my life. I've, I've, you know, this is, I've been doing this for a very long time, and I'm amazed that a new day can come, and I might be back to doing things the old way, which I know don't work. I've proven it. I've tested it. I've done it several times, and I know it doesn't work. And yet there still is that part of me that goes, maybe this time I can make it work. So this is Isaiah 55, 8. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so my way, the way I work, surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. So just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, 
producing seed for farmers, food for the hungry. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. So you see the, the conundrum here that we have. God is saying, I will do what I will do, and it will be completed. And we can trust his word. I can say to people, I will do what I'm, I said I would do, and it'll be completed. I work really hard at, at making that statement true, but there's a lot of times I haven't completed. I haven't done what I said I would do. So this is why we really want to take advantage of the idea of the Christ in us, that that's who helps us do God's ways that don't seem right, that don't make sense. So I know if you've been listening to me for any number of years, you know that Streams in the Desert is probably one of my, that's my favorite, favorite uh, devotional, daily devotional. It's very old. It was written, I think, in 1920. And so for January 2nd, this is what it says. Not many of us are living out our best. We linger in the lowlands because we're afraid to climb the mountains. The steepness and ruggedness dismay us. And so we stay in the misty valleys and do not learn the mystery of the hills. We do not know what we lose in our self-indulgence. What glory awaits us if only we had the courage for the mountain climb. What blessing we should find if only we would move to the uplands of God. And then, then there was this quote. It said, Too low they build who build beneath the stars. So we know that conceptually, God talks about being beyond the stars, that he's beyond the stars. So God wants us to raise our expectations for this year, raise our standards, commit to things that maybe we didn't think that we could do, and keep trying if we fail. He's wanting us to take risks to find out if the idea God has given us is actually his and if we can walk it out. And so this is where we want to think about, am I first talking to God about this idea and finding out if it's his or if it's mine? And if I can't know, because maybe it's both, I need to attempt it. If I attempt it, and I begin to become weary in well-doing, many times that helps me know, oh, this is probably my idea. And I don't know if, if God really was intending for it to come to fruition. Maybe he just wanted to see my tenacity. Maybe he was strengthening my will. Because maybe he has a bigger idea that is heavier, weightier, and I need to have the stamina to walk it out. I know that that's where, where I learned this concept, um, becoming a psychotherapist. Because as you know, my undergraduate degree is in fashion merchandising and design. <laughs> so I really wanted to pursue more concrete artistic endeavors. And God said no. And so it was quite a journey for me to get to this position that I now see in retrospect is the best fit for me ever, the most meaning, the most purpose. I get to know people that are amazing. 
and be with them in their life while they are doing and learning how to do the life that God has designed for them. I would have never known that if I didn't really practice stopping things that aren't working, even if they're a great idea. That was tough. That was a tough lesson to learn, and and I think I've learned it fairly well, but I think sometimes I still attempt my own ideas, thinking that they're God's. But God is so kind and so gracious to say, it's okay. Come, let us reason together, right? Though your sins are as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. So some of you may already have regrets, and we're only into, what, second, third day of this year? And you may already have regrets as to how you started this year. Well, let's look at Chronicles. And First Chronicles chapter 4, 9 through 10 says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. So maybe you need to incorporate that prayer. That Jabez is saying, Oh, please bless me. Please make my life bigger. Please have your hand be on me and help me to stay away from evil. And please keep evil away from me. And so this is an important part of saying to God, I don't want any of you to think you're supposed to be stronger than a child with God. This is why children have parents. This is why we supervise them. This is why we protect them. They're children. So God is saying, you're an adult in this world, but you're a child to me. And thank goodness, because if he were treating us like adults, we're probably not nearly as lovable as if he sees us as children. So he says, listen, come to me, all ye that are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest, peace. So we want to start each day that shows up for us, right? With God, we want to say, God, I trust you. Help me, God, walk out your will, not mine. Help me do your way, not my way. And if I've already messed it up this year, and it's only been two days old, I think, (laughs) well, you know you're in a good group. This is what God knew he signed up for. I want you to understand that more than anything. When God created Adam and Eve and they fell and he locked them in time, that's one of the greatest acts of love that God has ever done for mankind. Because the first people messed up. The first people invited evil and Satan into his world. That he made this beautiful, perfect world for us. And the first two people messed it up. So this is imperative that you remind yourself, God is a good God. But he is like a parent, and so just like I didn't understand my parents and maybe what they were doing or what their intentions were toward me, did I trust them? Now, I know there are many of you out there that didn't have trustworthy parents, and I understand that because what we have are mistake-making people bearing children and raising children. They're children as well to God. So it doesn't make it okay. It simply means, as an adult... I need to say to myself, I need to let go of childlike thinking that says I want to get it from my mom and dad, my earthly parents, that I want them to do what I needed them to do. And if they don't, then I'm going to wait until it happens. Instead of saying, you know, God, 
I don't know if those parents did the best they could. I don't know. I do know that I grew up. And the most, the kindest thing God could do for us as humans is he makes our childhood the shortest amount of time and our adult life the longest. Because truly, the age of accountability is 12. Now, our, our world is so much more complicated that a 12-year-old probably could not maneuver well. But a 12-year-old knows how to use a phone. 12-year-old knows how to call people. So this is where you want to say to yourself, I'm going to trust God, not mortal man, first. I'm going to first trust God and ask for that wisdom with mortal man as I go into this new year. So we're going to start next week about bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed. How do we really do that? How do we reconcile our past so that it's merely a memory with no energy in it at all? And this is imperative as we go through the grief and loss process to really let the past be in the past so that we are not living our past in our present day and then altering our future because of it. So I want you to consider, what do I need to do when it comes to really having a new beginning? First and foremost, a position of intention. Make sure that you position yourself in the moment you're in to commit to intentionality because your life matters. It really does. You were made for a reason. You were designed by God. He chose to form you. He made sure that you really lived out the whole nine months and were born. He wanted you on this planet at this time. So let's make sure that we show up for God. He shows up for us. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad you joined me today. And again, Happy New Year. We have lots to look forward to. No matter how dire the circumstances, we know God is a God that loves his world. Join me next week. Make sure you check out the website and have a wonderful week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be